Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ben Jarofsky show for this Tuesday, August 22nd starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back acclaimed podcaster and Chicago native. He's talking to Mark Sims. Your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink. If you've got questions, you want to head to chicagoreader.com. And if you want to find more Ben Jarofsky, hey, he hangs out there too. Just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Tupac Didn't Say It Tuesday. And here's why. Also, Awadi's gone. Also, Ben's back. I know you're thinking, Ben, why are you talking about something that happened a week ago? Awadi's gone. Dr. Awadi, the former head of the uh, Chicago City uh, Health, excuse me, the former health commissioner for the city of Chicago, and uh, Tupac. Brandon Johnson alluded to Tupac in, a, in a, a press conference. Because I was gone last week. As my distinguished guest, Mark Sims, knows, I was gone. I was flaked out on a beach in the upper Michigan near Traverse City, rejuvenating myself. And bits and pieces of news, like, pierced the little uh, casement that I put around me to protect me from all kinds of news. I said, I'm not going to follow the news. I'm just going to chill out. Oh, no. <laughs> I had my phone. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, listener Frank. You sent me a lot of good news items while I was gone. Man, I was reading the New York Times, Sun Times, Washington Post. I can't help it. I'm an addict. It occurred to me. Uh, and also, I was listening, reading a bunch of blogs and uh, columns and emails, et cetera, and so forth. And I realized baby boomers in the city of Chicago were absolutely outraged. I, like, heard the rumbles of discontent floating north. From the city of Chicago, they were outraged, I tell you, because Brandon Johnson, Mayor Brandon Johnson, fired Dr. Allison Awadi, the health commissioner. Now, I, I, I truly try to stay relevant with my fellow baby boomers and understand what motivates them. But this one lost me, boomers. You kind of lost me on this one. Why are you so upset that Brandon Johnson fired Allison Awadi? The health commissioner, he said during the campaign he was going to fire her. Mark Sims knows it. He was listening. He was paying attention. Anybody who was paying attention knew Brandon Johnson was going to fire Allison Arwadi. 
And I'll tell you why he promised to follow her, because the movement that supported Brandon Johnson wanted her fired. Now, many of the people, the greatest minds in the journalism community in the city of Chicago have boiled that down to the Chicago Teachers Union. <laughs> ordered him to fire her and so he fired her it was like stacy gave his gates ordered that firing man what is with you boomers that you are so fixated on stacy davis gates and the chicago teachers union why do you hate them so much the chicago teachers union went on strike went on strike in 2019 to force mayor Lori lightfoot who was complaining the whole time to commit, contractually commit to hiring more nurses and counselors, librarians in the public schools. Well, let's concentrate on the nurses and the counselors. People are losing their freaking minds these days, ladies and gentlemen. We live in a very stressful time, particularly in the city of Chicago. There's a lot of violence in the city of Chicago. There's a lot of shootings in the city of Chicago. People need help. Why did it take a teacher strike to force the city to do what it should have done automatically? Ask yourself that, boomers. Most baby boomers that were complaining about Allison or Wadi getting fired have access through their what? Insurance companies, their jobs, or their wealth, whatever, to therapy if they need it. They don't realize that a lot of people are struggling and don't have that access, that they would look to the schools or to the city's mental health clinics which were closed by Mayor Rahm, six of which were closed by Mayor Rahm. Lori Lightfoot campaigned on a promise to reopen those clinics. And then she broke that promise. She didn't reopen the clinics. Standing by her in each of those moments, in each of those instances, when Lori Lightfoot resisted the teacher's demands that she hire more counselors, was Allison Awadi. When Mayor Lori Lightfoot broke her promise to reopen the clinics, standing by her was Allison Awadi. There's a movement that grew out of that. There's a movement that was growing throughout this entire last, what, 12 years about reopening the clinics. Mayor Rahm was the mayor when uh, he closed the clinics. Mayor Rahm wouldn't even meet with the activists and the protesters who were demanding that he kept the clinics open. He ran out the back door before he met with them. All these baby boomers are complaining that Brandon didn't have a sit down with Allison or Wadi to talk about how he was going to fire her. Hey, Rahm Emanuel wouldn't meet with the protesters, with the activists with the patients whose lives were upturned by him closing the clinics. Everybody's outraged about Allison and White. I don't understand. I really don't understand how the mainstream media, like how their brains work in this town. So many of you guys have therapists. Why wouldn't you want poor people to have access to the same thing you have access to? Teachers had to go on strike. Just think about that. Everybody hates the Chicago Teachers Union. My distinguished guest, Mark Sims, not a huge fan of the Chicago Teachers Union, but they went on strike for therapists and nurses. <laughs> Everybody agrees. Well, we need more therapists and we need more nurses. Oh, yeah? Well, it took a teacher strike to get them. I'm not even going to talk about uh, the situation with the closing, with the. Uh, reopening the schools in the pandemic. How outrageous that was. The city was not ready to do that. The city was stumbling <laughs> over its feet, as they all, usually is. So she got fired. There was a movement demanding that she got fired. 
And I actually made the argument. I made the argument uh, when Rosanna Rodriguez was on the show. I think it may have been the last show I did before I went on vacation. I made the argument that uh, if Alison Arwadi is willing to acknowledge that everything she stood by when Lori Lightfoot is, uh, was the mayor is wrong and that she is going to completely flip and become like a, I don't know, a lefty, you know, and believe that uh, the city needs opened mental health clinics and more therapists and nurses, et cetera, in the schools, then what's the difference? Just keep her on. She's going to do whatever the mayor says. And now we have a new mayor, so she's going to change her tune. What's the point? Rosanna Rodriguez said, no, we need somebody who actually believes in these policies as opposed to someone who is just a political uh, person. It's just sort of changing their beliefs. The flag flying in the breeze. I could not understand the outrage that was uh, emanating from Chicago, from so many corners of the city when our Wadi was fired. And there's the other thing. At the press conference, Brandon Johnson, Mayor Johnson, quoted Tupac. Tupac Shakur, the great rapper who was uh, killed in 1997. Realize, realize, realize. That's the quote. Realize, R-E-A-L-E-Y-E-S. I got to explain this for some of my older listeners. My younger listeners, like Ben, everyone knows that. That Tupac line, it's so well known, it's corny. So I didn't know it. Folks, I have to confess, I'm not a hip-hop fan. I'm not even going to pretend I am. So I didn't, I never heard that line before. It was in the press conference and, and Brandon used it to duck and dodge a question. It was like the most effective duck, duck and dodge I've ever seen. I never heard anybody duck and dodge a question by quoting Tupac. Brandon ducked and dodged some question about uh, Allison or Wadi. I forget what the question was. Did you, why didn't you meet with her? Who knows what the real reason is? Probably, probably gets political because there was a, right before he fired her, uh, what was it? The board of advisors for the health department issued a statement saying she be, should be hired. So that probably irritated Brandon Johnson. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Irritated him, like trying to force him to do something he wasn't ready to do anyway. So he ducked and dodged the question by quoting Tupac, realize, realize, realize. And he goes, and when he said, it, he goes, no mayor in the city of Chicago has ever uh, quoted Tupac before. I was like, wow, man, I didn't even hear What a great line. Like I said, people tell me, oh, man, that's an old line. It was in a poem written by Tupac. So I got home. When I got home, finally, I looked it up. I was like, well, let me see the poem. I'd like to see the full context uh, of this great line. Couldn't find the poem. I said, well, maybe it was in a song. Couldn't find a song. So I said, well, maybe it was part of an interview that he gave. So I, I Googled uh, Tupac interviews, realized, and I came up co- a couple of uh, video bits but he didn't say it in any of them in any of these interviews did a little deep dive and furthermore uh i discovered it wasn't even tupac who said it it was a heavy metal band named machine head and folks i have a confession to make i'm a little embarrassed to make this confession confession i had never heard of machine head until i did that deep dive i'm apologizing to all our heavy metal fans out there. I had never heard of them. They were popular in the early 90s. I bet our old producer, Dr. D, heard of uh, Machine Head. He was uh, into that kind of music. 1994, they wrote this song. Realize, realize, realize. And so actually, Brandon Johnson is the first mayor of the city of Chicago to quote Machine Head. 
There you go. Isn't that funny? You have to learn about the uh, the accuracy of this quote from an old baby boomer who doesn't know the works of Tupac and doesn't know the works of Machine Head. So I'm back at work, ladies and gentlemen. Got plenty of ideas in my brain that have been sitting here. Tomorrow, Monroe will be joining us. We'll be taking the deep dive in the latest Trump news. There's a lot of latest Trump news going down. And we're going to stick local for this show as I bring on my dear friend, Mark Sims, podcaster extraordinaire. Welcome back, Mark. Man, why you put the pressure? Can you hear me, Benny? You sound loud and clear. Man, I had to work with Chris, man. I am technically challenged, man. All this audio and video, man. I barely can get my freaking podcast off the ground. So I don't know how you do it. I need a Chris. You need That's a what Chris. I need. Yes, I need a Dr. Need... D. <laughs> yes. You need uh, a welcome Chris back, Ben. Uh, we, we, we'll get sued if we sing that old song, Welcome Back. Welcome, welcome back. back. Hey. Okay, we get sued for that, don't we? You got to yes. be careful. Yeah. Welcome uh, back, Ben. How does it feel to be back in the hood with your peeps? Well, you know, I'm a little out of it today, I got to admit. I, I was all fired up in the early part of the day when I was calling you and calling uh, other guests, booking guests, and talking to Bulls. The Bull season, the tickets just came out, so we're uh, doling out the Bulls tickets to all the, the guys in my package. And all of a sudden, when I realized I had a show to do, I was like, uh-oh, I haven't done this in a week. Can I do this? I've been lying on a beach in Michigan by Traverse City, just enjoying my life. So now I got to just totally, like, get back into the swing of things. And what happens, Mark, is I get really, um, what's the word? Uh, mushy, soft. You get what I'm saying? It's like life is so good. It's hard to have that edge going. But it'll, it'll happen. Or Before as, you get going, man, I saw Chris Matthews. I forgot to sing you this, but I didn't want to bug you on vacation. <laughs> Chris Matthews on this uh, video show I watched, and then uh, I'll send it to you. And I, and I said, damn, how old is Chris? He about, I think he's about 77. He's about 19 years older than you. Yes. And uh, we're all going to lose a step as we get older. <laughs> Not to say anything bad about Chris Matthews. So you ain't lost a step yet, but you ain't 77 either, so. Or how old is the president now? 80-something years old? 82. 82. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, he's still great. He's not, you know, the Joe Biden. Hey, I'm not the Mark Sims I was 20 years ago, which scares the crap out of me. Wait, so what did Chris Matthews say? I sent it to you, man. Don't oh, worry okay. about it. Just, just gonna no, no, it's, 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 it's talkingpoints.com. Chris Matthews, the guest, talkingpoints.com. I love Crystal Ball. She was on the, on the you know, she's, a, you know, on the shows, uh, cable shows when I had cable. And uh, cool. It's a good show. I watch it every day. All right. Believe it or not. Uh, so do you have any thoughts before I move on to the White Sox? Man, forget really- the man. I, I don't, yeah, we got to do the White Sox. I, mean, I went to a golfing tournament, man. My, my brother lives out in the South Suburbs. You know, all of us. Uh, uh, I had a guest the other day. He said he didn't like when I said the words Negroes. So I got to maybe tone down the Negro because <laughs> we were Negroes. We were Wait, colors. Who was the guest that said that? It's just a guy from Chicago. Long story, okay. not a not a name. No, not, he's a really nice guy though. But he, you know, I'd be like, "You Negroes moved to the South Suburbs." He didn't like all that kind of talk. But I used to hear my parents say the word "Negro" a lot. It back in the day, it's in the seventies, and it was used as a pejorative slash term of endearment. You know what I'm saying? And it was a time that Negroes didn't want to be called black. Of course, we were colored. You know, we're confused people. That's why we had so much trouble and caused so much murder and mayhem in the city because we are descendants of the slaves. I have to say that every show. But this descendant of slaves went to the golf tournament out in Olympia Field was a Sunday, and I was just blown away. Uh, it was just, you don't watch golf, do you? No, I do not. I, I mean, I watch it sometimes, right? 
Yeah. So I was like, man, I want to see Scotty Scheffner. It's yeah, Scotty, Scotty Scheffner, and Rory McIlroy. What are they? I'm like, Rory, you know. So it was pretty cool. And uh, this young guy from uh, Norway won. He was just killing it, man. They were all killing it. And it was a great event. My brother lives out there, so he bought the $90 ticket. I ain't got that kind of money because he moved to the suburbs. And I stay here <laughs> with your peeps in the city and, and try to fight for the man, fight the man and all that kind of stuff. So I ain't got that kind of money. Wait, he Mark, what? <laughs> I need a, a, a help here because I've never been to a golf tournament. Yeah. And I don't believe I've ever watched one on TV, but in particular going to one. So do you follow the golfers from hole to hole or do you stay at one particular oh, hole and let them come to you? No, I, oh, being there. Oh, I ha- remember I had no idea what was going on. He just said, hey, I just, I'm at church. I'm buying these tickets. I, when I get them from church, man, come on out here and ride with me. I said, cool, you paying. I'm go-. But So when we got there, we, they were still, they was on the back. I love saying the term back nine. They were literally on the back nine. So we walked in Olympia Fields uh, Golf Club, uh, Country Club. They were doing the back nine. I said, yeah. "Cool." So we saw, you know, we, you know, you go to the back nine. They on the, they on fourteen. They on fifteen. They on sixteen. You walk over there. We were up and down. I was, I never been. I seen golf courses, you know, here in Chicago. You know, when I was a limo driver, I used to drive people off at Cog Hill and Medina and all that kind of stuff. When I was a limo driver, but I never saw a tournament. I saw. I didn't know what to expect. We just went over there. We were blown. We were blown away. So wait, time out. To answer my question, do you go from one hole to the next? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we did. Hole. Let's say we walked on. I think we were at. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Fourteen or something. So okay. Schefter and Fitzpatrick was was. Uh, they were golfing. They were the pair. And okay, we saw them tee off or something. They said, "Let's go over there." And there was a uh, McElroy would come over there with Mr. Holland. I forgot Holland's first name. Dude, young man, twenty-five year old from Norway who won the tournament. They were golfing, and we saw the other group. Then we went over there, and we back with Schefter and Fitzpatrick. You know, we were just all over, and it was it was. And then we found our way to eighteen. We didn't get up close, but we were close enough. And it was just a great because we never we had no expectation. It was a great event. So I'm just when I see a great event like that, I wish I just had made more money and been more uh, upper class and and I'd have been a millionaire, multimillionaire. Yeah. And I I can be at the country club and well, it was I, really cool, man. It was it was BMW Classic. Watch the clips on on the internet. It was damn. It was great to be there because I see golf on TV. And I'm like, you actually go there. It's like any other sporting event. It's one thing to see it on TV. Different experience when you're there. And you can talk about your beloved wife. Well, I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, even if I became a fabulously wealthy, wealthy uh, podcaster, which is the goal, uh, which I'm really failing at right now, but it will be the goal. It is the goal. I would not spend it on a golf term. I got to tell you that right no, now. No, no, but I'm going to say, if, like my brother pay. If you, somebody takes you oh, out there, you okay. would, you, I may yeah. not never go to another golf tournament again. And this is the yeah. BMW championship. It was, it was, it was, it was, as they used to say, the bomb. It was the bomb. Um, so, all right, before I uh, get to the White Sox, which filled me uh, with the stress, the threat uh, that was uh, leaked uh, to uh, Greg uh, Hines of Crane Chicago Business. Shout out Greg Hines for your scoop from uh, Jerry Reinsdorf that um, uh, the White Sox were think, uh, considering leaving town. We'll get to that. Uh, you had an interesting take when I raised the issue of Mayor uh, <laughs> Johnson. Uh, firing uh, health commissioner Allison Arwadi. You went on a riff. Now, let's see if you uh, I, I can't do the riff, man. I was listening to Fran Spielman, your old buddies over there at the Sun Times. Remember them? Oh, yeah. Used to work with them. Yeah, my beloved <laughs> and, boy. And, yeah. and she's a great reporter. 
but I'm the kind of person I don't care about the nuts and you you know did you and the teachers union fire Miss Arwardy and like I don't care less and I don't think most Chicagoans give a damn. She's gonna get another job. She'll be just fine. What's the what's the uh, the beautiful sister who speaks Spanish? Uh, Nike Nike. She was working for uh, for the governor when she was doing the stuff for the for Illinois. I can't think of a name, but she runs like. A high, like advocate healthcare or something, man. She got a great job. She's really yeah. great. And she was speaking to the Chicago club recently. And I was like, okay, I care about, it was like this weekend where the two young people got killed, not too far from me, up a few miles from me over here at 86 in Craigier. And a young lady, a you know, 14 year old boy coming home, he gets shot and killed for whatever reason. And the young lady, 18 year old, and it's just sad. That's all I care about, man. It's just, yeah. I want to live long, hope to live long enough well, the crime, I mean, well, the low-income black neighborhoods, where it's a city, city suburbs, uh, rural areas, we are not known for crime. African-Americans, we are not known for crime. And people say it's impossible, and I say it's possible, because uh, I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> well, you know what? I, and I told you this before, and I'll repeat this. I spent a lot of time listening to Tupac uh, videos yesterday, trying to find that quote, which he never yeah. said. No wonder I couldn't find it. Uh, but he... Tupac was Mark Sims before Mark Sims. Oh, you talking Mark about Tupac? Sims. I mean, you heard you. Oh, you were looking at Tupac videos. Yeah, videos from the nineties. He uh. sounded a lot like I was like, oh my god, this is like having Mark Sims on my show. Uh, he was talking about crime, and uh, he, he was just talking about the mindset uh, in um, black neighborhoods. And uh, I was like, was, what thirty wow. years ago, right? Yeah, thirty years. I mean, he was killed in nineteen ninety six, so it wasn't it's quite thirty been, years ago. Yeah, geez. but uh, yeah, he was gunned down in uh, at Vegas. I, I, I listen. Part of the thing is is that uh, the media. I think Allison Arwadi was pretty good at playing the media, so you can tell when when uh, when uh, reporters have a like a certain thing for me. Uh, prominent Chicagoans when they come to their defense, I think it's because they leak to them. You follow what I'm saying? So uh, yeah. she probably. I'm not mad at reporters, but it, it's more, it's bigger fish to fry. She's going to get another nice job and off she goes. And what do you expect? Brandon Johnson said on day one, we're going to fire her. Yeah. I, was, I thought she was gone already. Yeah. I, I was shocked that Miss Arwadi was still on the job. Yeah. I, said she, I thought she, you know, I thought she got fired the first day no, right she, after she, the inauguration. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what he said. He said he was going to do it. Uh, yeah. And then he took it. Then it took him too long. Uh, what three months to do it but mark I, I explain something to me because you you have you do share with the media sort of a little bit of a hostility to chicago teachers union a little i will never a little i will never a understand a little yeah, a little bit uh of hostility i will i do not understand well, like, it's just like I, I have a passion for, i'm sorry cutting you off i have a passion for crime and it's and you to stop the crime you almost almost have to change the system because people make a lot of money off of criminality, you know, the court system, the judges, the prisons, everybody makes money because of criminals. I think it was still to this day, the United States has the most criminals per capita than any other country in the freaking planet. We love to put people in jail. Yeah. We love that. We love to create an underclass so we can put them in jail. Yeah. And the public schools is one way to stop it. But the public schools, like I told you off, off the end, I've been doing this on my uh, it's, a, it's a call it X or Twitter. I call it Twitter. X Twitter. Mark Sim Chicago. M A R C S I M S Chicago on yeah. Twitter. Whatever they call it now. I post it all the time. Your buddy, the late great, uh, and I met her once as a limo driver drove her from the airport to her house. Uh, Karen Lewis. 
And she said, to paraphrase, I may have it wrong, she said, the public schools are designed to make students compliant. It's it, the whole public school system from the uh, from the day, I'm not a historian at all, but from the Prussian, they took the stuff from Prussia. And they took the Prussian school system and brought it here. And they was like, we want compliant workers for the freaking factories. Yeah. And now we have this AI on the way, it's here. And we still have a school system that's preparing people for the factories. It's insanity. And I, and, and, I, and you know, if, if you, I don't expect the public schools and the teachers to say we want to control. We want to have a brand new system that's going to put us out of work. That's not going to happen. But I do want to say, listen here: most of the public schools uh, students are not going to get a college degree, a four-year degree. What are they going to do? How are you parent, preparing students who are uh, who are not? They, listen, they. I, I think I said it last time I was here. CNBC said CNBC said that forty-two percent of all the jobs African Americans have are subject to disruption in the next seven years. Yeah. This is no joke. I mean, now why do you think this, this writers are still on strike to this every day? Yeah. Everybody knows AI is coming. It's going to affect a lot of jobs. It's going to create jobs. It's going to wipe out a lot of people. And uh, we, they, they're trying to get ahead. I don't think the teacher, I don't think uh, Governor Prisker is really saying, hey, how do we create an education system for the students who know they're not going to get a four-year degree, but they want to have a great life and function in a world of AI. And I would you guys argue say that, that I don't want to hear anything you got to say. And and I I would argue that uh, that the teachers themselves and their union are the only people and institutions even remotely addressing the issues you're talking about. Even remotely addressing the issues, starting with the great Karen Lewis, who forced forced Mayor Rahm uh, to uh, on the issue of uh, he ducked and dodged it. He wanted a longer school day. And she goes, well, you want a longer school day? What are you going to do with that longer school day? And he didn't have an answer to that. He, he, he just wanted to say, I gave a longer school day. And she goes, well, then you're just going to have a daycare. Uh, is that what you want? Daycare center? And he got so mad at her. And then, he, and then later on, you know, that's when this famous quote, 25% of the students in Chicago won't amount to anything anyway. So why would we waste our time with them? I'm paraphrasing. He, of course, denied that he said it, but he also denied that he saw the Laquan McDonald video. So his credibility is a little low in the city of Chicago. So I just don't understand the antipathy, the hatred that so many people have toward the teachers union. I see it. So when when uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson makes good on his promise to fire Allison or Wadi, yeah. just like remember David Brown, everybody wanted to fire him. Wait, wait, wait! He did the right thing, though. He he yeah, got he it. In, he got it in quick. Once the election, I don't think the election was over. He was on the no, plane back to Dallas. I don't blame him. He was out of here. He's still hanging around. When he finally makes good, blows their mind. Oh, yeah, he's picking I, on I, her. But the, the news media, the, union. The, the news made media, him do it. Well, you're a reporter for forty years. The news media just want a story. They're there to tell stories. That's their job. At some point, it doesn't matter what the freaking story is. Our job is to put out a damn story. You're right. And the kind of stuff I talk about is too hard You're right. because it's complicated. It's really complicated. It's like, how do you provide? It's very basic. I don't care who you are in the city of Chicago. I don't expect. I just tell people, where do you send your children to school? That's all I ask people. I didn't expect Mayor Rahm to send his children to the Chicago public schools. I didn't expect Lori Lightfoot to send her daughter to the Chicago public schools because most people have, if they had a choice, they wouldn't send their children to the neighborhood school. That's just how it is. If you were from a higher class, you got little money, you don't send your children to the neighborhood. That sounds nasty. It sounds bad. It sounds classist, maybe even racist, bigoted. But the point is that 
how do you provide those children in that under uh, what you call under enrolled, underfunded neighborhood? How you teach them how to learn? So they can be sort of autodidactic because no matter what you do when you get out of out of the CPS, you got to continue to learn something to to survive in this world of AI and and whatever's beyond that. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not talking about how to how to learn, it's like I, I had a show earlier. I'm sorry, cut me off whenever you want to be in this show. Show I did a show a podcast with a uh, uh, David Moore, Alderman David Moore, 17th Ward. I'll post it uh, later on. It'll be later on this evening. I'll post it. And the point is that. I said it's like 45,000, so they say, so they say 45,000 young people rolling around Chicago who are not in school and not working. How do we help them? How do we get them? How do we first stop them from being a high school dropout or whatever, or they just leave high school and they're not doing anything? How do you stop that? And you can, but like I always say, Ben, to stop that, you're going to make a lot of people upset. I went to the public schools a lot via the, my, I went to the public schools, my children went to public schools, I went to a lot of, spoke to a lot of students via the Black Star Project, Philip Jackson's Black Star Project and some other things. And believe me, they can't tell you half the story, half the crap that really goes on in Chicago, Chicago public schools. You can't. And then you have like my old high school, Finger High School. It was about 3,000 students when I was there in the 70s. I always like to tell you, it's maybe 300, maybe 300 there. You know what I'm saying? These these are real things that Brandon Johnson have to deal with. He's going to have to close buildings. He had to s consolidate schools at some point. And then no matter but what it matter what you do, how do you give that child in Roseland, or, or Washington Heights, or Auburn Gresham? How do you give them the best education possible? I'm down the street from Gresham Elementary School. How do you give that child the best education? You know they're not going to get the uh, the uh, great education like they did at the lab school or Francis Parker. We know that. Yeah. That ain't the issue. How do we get into how when they come wow. out illiter illiterate and read and write and subtract and whatever, right? By the way, here's another reality to throw at you. So, uh, Fenger uh, is in Roseland, and that's where uh, young Mark Sims was a scholar back in the day. Yeah, right. So, I dropped uh, out. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> he was a young scholar dropped and uh, at yeah. Fenger. And I believe Vallis, actually, your good friend Paul Vallis, was at Fenger for about a year before he moved out to uh, the Burbs and went to Sandberg. Yeah, there's a lot of people. The great Robert Zemeckis, he went there about 10 years before. Yeah, Zemeckis with 1970, yeah. class right. of yeah. uh, Fenger High School, a great uh, movie writer, right. Right. Back to the Future. Right. So, um, so Rosalind changed demographically. When Vallis was there, it was a white community. Vallis's family left, and part of that great transformation of the far south side when it went from white to black. And so the Fenger High School that Mark Sims enrolled in after Paul Vallis left it was predominantly black. Now, uh, the transformation of Rosalind is a different kind of transformation, just people moving out. All right. And the city of Chicago has law. How many people did it lose? I always forget. And the dyslexia kicks in and I reverse the numbers anyway. But it lost, I think it was 80,000 black residents. I apologize to uh, Mr. Lowry for screwing it up. Well, all that Lowry has it, but we, well, I think the black population is probably half of what it was in 1983. All right. So the point is, uh, it's drastically changed from when you were at Fenger High School. There is another change coming. I saw it in the bright one uh, in uh, last week and in this week as well. And that's with the uh, asylum seekers who are being bussed into Chicago. It's going to drastically change things, Mark Sims. Those, there, I think there's going to be an upshoot in uh, increase in population in the schools. It'll be a different. It'll be uh, Hispanic kids 
Um, most of them speak Spanish as a predominant, as their first language. Be a different kind of challenge for the Chicago public schools. We we had this conversation in August at uh, Blanc Gallery. You were there when we were talking about the school year. Like Chicago public schools is face to face with all the significant challenges that the city of Chicago has. It's very real. And so this is going to be something new, uh, Mark. Political reality of Brandon Johnson preparing the Chicago public schools for an influx of kids who don't even speak English as a first language. A totally different challenge. And I, and by the way, you may see some Hispanic kids in Finger High. This is something. Well, a lot of schools are going to cl cl close down. I mean, I see a few here and there. Uh, uh, um, this use the term Latinos in the neighborhood. I'm up there. I'm yeah. down the street from uh, from uh, from Roseland. I mean, Roseland from Atu, uh, but uh, Inglewood. I see some Hispanic people in there. I see them in my neighborhood. I don't have a problem with that. Because let's say that you have an influx in the next 20 years when I'm 80 something years old, uh, I make the decision. I'm going to learn Spanish or be the old 80 year old, you know, Negro that's still living in the neighborhood. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I may move. I may speak Spanish or move. Uh, By the I way, it's OK. When you interviewed matter. Alderman David Moore, did you uh, refer to black people as Negroes? No, nah, I was I, first. I did that on the uh, Just a Few Questions podcast. That's for the general audience. And then I sort of act a fool a little bit to be more real and whatever with my peeps on the uh, 400 plus podcast. Uh, it's different because, you know, I, it's, I told you uh, WTTW has a black voices, Chicago yeah. tonight, and of course, a Latino voices. This is the world we in. And, uh, you know, and black people like Monroe Addison always tells you black people like to listen to what black issues. Yeah. Period. And everybody else is like that. Yeah. I, I, I realize we live in a very segregated tribalistic city and country. I understand that. So uh, it's just not something new for me. Uh, came face to face with it. All right, let's come face to face. We're not going to solve the problems with the public schools uh, on this podcast. Uh, and I don't know if we can solve this problem. But man, the Chicago White Sox. Let me just do a little backup here, ladies and gentlemen, because a lot of you aren't sports fans. Chicago White Sox baseball team on the south side of Chicago. They are one of the worst teams in the in the in the league right now. They are absolutely awful, and just in terms of winning and losing. And I say this as a White Sox fan. I went to several games this year with my dear friend uh, Adolfo Mondragon and David Beltran. Shout out to both of you, and we had a lot of fun. We go to the Sox games; we have a good time. But they're terrible, and we just sort of shrug our shoulders and go, "Well, they're absolutely terrible, but at least it's entertaining." Now, shielding the Sox from any kind of serious accountability for being awful is the fact that they're largely subsidized or heavily subsidized, but it's taxpayers. So if they don't sell a certain threshold of seats, the taxpayers buy up those seats. So there's royal, they don't have the same accountability that folks who are exposed to a free market have to uh, have when they uh, don't satisfy their customers. And that's reality. They also don't have a loyal base of customers quite like the Cubs have who will come to Wrigley Field because they love Wrigley so much, Mark Sims, even when the Cubs are terrible. So the White Sox are in a kind of a unique situation. They're protected from the realities of the free market by the fact that they got this great deal with the taxpayers uh, and they're shielded from the realities of the free market. So they don't have to worry about fielding a terrible team. And so as a result, their base of fans are usually mad at them because <laughs> the teams are terrible or underachieving. So out of nowhere, in the midst of all this, uh, Greg Hines, as I said, 
shout out Greg, reports that the White Sox, Jerry Reinsdorf, the, the chair, are considering what? Renegotiating their contract with the state, staying in uh, Chicago, perhaps moving to a suburb uh, that'll build them a new stadium, maybe moving out of the state altogether or selling the team to somebody else. Uh, but the, the main options are renegotiating in six years because their lease is up in six years or moving. I got to tell you, Mark, that really rubs me raw. You got a great deal, Chicago White Sox. Why don't you just like take a moment to say thank you, taxpayers of Illinois, for bailing us out for all these years and for allowing us to be shielded from the realities of the free market. Your thoughts, Mark Simpson. Oh, I hit the cough button. I'm back. <laughs> no, I had to hit the cough button. No, you know, it's like this. When I see, when I hear about the Bears leaving Chicago, which is old, because they were talking about moving to Arlington Heights when I was 50 years ago, right? I remember when the Bears moved from Wrigley Field to 71. Uh, my dad used to have uh, season tickets at the Bears games when they moved to from Wrigley to, uh, to Soldier Field back in the day. Yeah. There have been a lot of great games back in the day in the 80s and everything. The point in the end 70s. The, th- the thing about it, what I th- Bears moving, White Sox moving to Nashville, it's for me, it's about Chicago 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. What type of Chicago are we are building for future generations, current generations and future, future generations? The White Sox guy, like you said, they got a sweet deal where they only pay, according to the Chicago Tribune, they only pay $2 million a year in rent to play in that ballpark. Unbelievable. They, and remember, you go there, there's a big bust of Big Jim Thompson. For you younger listeners, Big Jim, I saw him a few times walking around. Big Jim uh, cut the deal. He was governor. It's a big busted Big Jim out there. All right, Big Big Jim Thompson, the former governor. They got a sweetheart deal yeah. because, like I said, I was when I was an Uber driver. I told him I was in Addison, Illinois, and as a young man was uh, picked him up, he said, "You know, White Sox supposed to be in Addison." But he's like twenty years old. He never heard the damn story. You, there's a picture of the Addison Stadium they were supposed to build. Very yeah. similar to White Sox Park would be in Addison. Addison voted them down. Boom, they're gone. Uh, they probably, if they do stay in the city, it's only two places they're gonna if they build a new stadium five or ten years from now. And remember, other cities go through this. The Brewers are talking about leaving if you don't fix up the ballpark. The ballpark they got is like 20 years old, 21 mm. years old to be exact. Something ridiculous. It was built like in 2001. So, and of course, the A's are leaving Oakland, right? Uh, to for Vegas. Uh, who else is who else is three? I mean, Kansas City is building a new ballpark downtown because their ballpark in Kansas City is 50 years old. So they're going to try to build a ballpark downtown soon. And uh, somebody else is leaving. It just this way. And we know that a stadium deal is not good for the taxpayers. Any stadium anywhere is not good for the taxpayer. You just taxpayers. You do that for civic pride and other stuff, stuff, stuff like that. You don't do it to make money. So whether the White Sox move to Homer Glen, maybe they'd be better off in Homer Glen or somewhere near Homer Glen or they uh, um, uh, build a new place right across the street, or they build a new place 10 years from now uh, in the South Loop. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the ball pitch, fit, fit, you know, the background would be downtown Chicago. Who knows? But Jerry Reinsdorf is 87 years old. He's not going to live forever. Uh, they, uh, the experts say selling a team is not really good for his tax Tax purposes is not a really good team. And he, t- he always says, tell the family, sell the team after upon my passing. But that's not the issue. Whether the stocks stay or go to Nashville or whatever, it's that what type of city we're going to have over the next 20, 30 years. All right. So okay, if we have a safe city, it don't matter if the White Sox are here because okay, we have a so safe city. going to live here. To you. Do you think, in your humble opinion, as a lifelong Chicagoan, 
a lifelong resident of the South Side of Chicago, a proud scholar from Fenger High School. Do you think it matters to the city's reputation, to the city's self-esteem, if we lose the White Sox, if they move to another city? No, it, it won't. It won't. It matter if you if the Bulls, Blackhawks. And the, the Cubs have this mythology, but all the teams left for the suburbs of another city. No, because the whole deal is that no matter who's here and what's going on, this is me. I'm totally myopic. Is this a safe city that people want to live, especially along that lakefront, the miles from that lakefront? We have fresh water, a great lakefront, and we have a, a heating, warming climate. Another 50 years from now, maybe 20 years from now, people be begging to live in, live in Chicago because of global warming. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, as a White Sox fan, Jerry Reinstorf stole my love of baseball. I was a real, I remember they used to take me to see Dick Allen and stuff at the old ballpark. They have old pitches. When they used to have AstroTurf in the, in, in the infield and grass in the outfield, you can still see old pitches at old Comiskey Park. And then, uh, and I was there in 83, which is 40 years ago, yeah. when the White Sox just, just won the, uh, the division. They, they won a division. I was there that night, and and you know we ran on. We just we we scaled the wall. We jumped down on the wall in the outfield and ran out onto the field. They won that game, and it was like magic. It was magic. Yeah. But uh, he was threatening the team, you know, to move the team to the Sun Coast Dome in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is still there. And he stole my love of baseball. I never really got it back, even when they won the World Series. The new ballpark is nice. But he built it for skyboxes. I was there in eight ninety something when they clinched the division, uh, like 10, 12 years later. Then I mean 10, 11 years later. But the ballpark then didn't have the magic of the old ballpark. Luckily, they did chop off about eight, 13 yeah. rows or something, put a flat roof on to put the sound down. So what I'm saying is that Jerry Rastoff stole my love of baseball uh, almost 40 years ago. And uh, maybe, uh, whatever, 30 something years ago. And uh, he's, he did it. He, they did win. The Bulls won six. You know, I got to give him his props and he can do whatever he wants with the damn team. If the team stays cool, if they move cool, if they, I'm, and that's where I'm at now. Cause I was a kid, I was crushed, but then he was from Brooklyn. He remembers when the Brooklyn Dodgers left Brooklyn. Yeah. So, you know, he, he understands all this stuff. And also he wants to build, he probably wants to build something built for his legacy because as people do, they know who Eddie Einhorn is. That was his partner. That's who, uh, right. Eddie Einhorn passed. Right. Uh, it was uh, Reinsdorf and Einhorn put together a uh, consortium right. of investors uh, back in 1979 or 1980. I forget which year it was. Uh, they bought the team from Bill Beck in the early 80s. And uh, uh, and then in right, they uh, signed Carlton Fisk. And in 83, uh, they won with Tony LaRusso. I remember this so clearly. They won uh, the division title. Uh, Julio Cruz, I think it was, scored the winning run. Mark Sims ran on the field. And then they lost in the round, in the playoffs. No, I was there. Eddie, all I remember about that game, the first game in Baltimore, the first game, not the second game they lost that Saturday. Eddie Murray, Eddie Murray hit a home run over the damn roof. It's that's still going. It's still going. I said, I like, whoa. And, that was, and, the, and, the, and the air went out of the stadium. That's all oh I remember. Honey. But, but, but before the game, the energy of that ballpark, the 83 and they won, and the playoff game was just unreal. It was just so cool. You know, I share this with you. Uh, by the way, I remember I was at that game too on a Saturday, and they started at like at noon or eleven. It was you talking about the game when they lost. They lost. They lost. Jerry Ray Gibson lost, right, he overran right. second and got right, 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 right. Okay, right. all right. So, Who's the guy? Uh, Britt Burns was a pitcher. He pitched like he pitched like ten. No, he like ten innings, man. No, I think. but he went nine strong innings in yeah. the tenth inning. He gave yeah. up the home run, and I think it was Tito Landrum who hit the yes. home run. Damn, you're was, good. 
Damn yeah. you good. Damn and, you good, Benny J. You the man. <laughs> I no, I love I was, you, Benny J. <laughs> I was a, a a baseball fanatic uh, in high school. I was in high school. And I loved both teams, and I was in the White Sox fan club. Yes, yeah, so you look up in the in the uh, yearbook. I'm embarrassed to say you will see me in the White Sox fan club, but. I'm like you. I understand what you're saying. It's like at a certain point, uh, for many of us, life catches up to us. And either we just say, ah, we don't have enough time to pursue sports with the same passion that we used to. Or we just feel burnt by the teams like the Rickets and the Cubs. It's really as much as I'm enjoying from afar watching the Cubs try to win uh, to to make it to the division or make it to the playoffs, I just can't go to Wrigley Field. A friend, a dear friend, invited me to a game, uh, Mark, and I went to Wrigley Field this year. And uh, I want to thank you, Steve, for inviting me to that game. And I walked around Wrigley afterwards uh, on my way out, I, and just soaking it all in. And it had changed so much from what it was back in the sixties and the seventies, when I went there on a regular basis, just to result the scoreboards, the electric signs. I know I'm an old boop, uh, baby boomer here lamenting. It just wasn't quite the same. Okay, all right. All right. Kids. So you're going to say tear down the lights because Benny J remembers when Wrigley didn't have like, no, no, so yeah, I, can, I can live with the he's lights. So old. Oh, he's so old. He's so old. I don't, I can live with the lights. Yeah. It's the scoreboard. It's, yeah. you know, it is like, you know, you guys screwed it up. Now, there's a whole younger generation. They never lived it like I did. So I appreciate the fact yeah. uh, that this is their reality and they love it. So I'm just telling you my reality. And I think it explains why you have stopped liking sports as well. At a certain point, the owners do something that offend you. Okay. And, uh, and then you stop going or maybe just. Well, we know it's a business and life changes and you get older and whatever. You know, it's just life. It's all good. But explain this to me, Mark Sims, therapist. Why have my love for the Chicago Bulls growing with the years? <laughs> because you're getting older. Let yeah. me tell you something like, what's his name? Mr. Illich. He was the owner of the, he's one of the pizza oh, guys. Hey, uh, from uh, Detroit? Yeah, he was, was a Little Caesars pizza, I think, yes, right? Yeah, correct. Yes. And, uh, he, and he helped her. What's uh, Rosa Parks? She was there. She really helped. I think he bought it, paid for a house, whatever. You know, he did a lot of good stuff in Detroit. And he wanted to win the championship before he passed yeah. and didn't get it done. So I sort of, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, we're all going to get old and leave. So we try to get it all done most, you know, best we can. And so I, I, although, you know, Ramsdorf, you know, in one respect, I, he stole my love of baseball, but at two, other one, I give him his props. But, you know, it's just, it's just life, it's business, it's okay. Trying to get too emotional now as you get older, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Don't you, try, you try, but, you know, then again, like you said, I, I may, uh, I don't know, when, they, when maybe they tear down White Sox Park, maybe I'll shed a tear, go there, you know, lay on the I, ground. You will not shed a tear when, if, when they tear down White Sox. You no, shed no. a tear when they tear down, tore down Comiskey Park. No, no, no. When I, say, when I say that, because what happens, like when the White Sox won, the Bears won, the Bulls won, grown men cry because it's the yes. passages of time. Yes. No, I, you know, I knew Bears fans who didn't live long enough to see the Bears win. Probably White Sox long, didn't live long enough to see the White Sox. It was Cub fans, so you're probably crying because that. I wish my mom or wish somebody here to see this. Yeah. They won. They freaking won. The White Sox, the Cubs, they won. You know, that's when you that's when you see grown men just weep, man, because oh. of that passages of time. Yeah, call, that's right? what it is. You're right. You're absolutely right. I was thinking about this when I was driving up to Michigan and listening to all my old CDs 
Uh, and I was like, wow, time is passing. This Stevie Wonder CD is already 50 years old. Good Lord, how did that happen? And it just brought me back to a time. That was good. That was a good riff. All right. It's we'll about Chicago. To- we love Chicago. No, it is about Chicago. It is reality in Chicago. And the reality is this. The people that uh, run the sports teams are businessmen. They're very willful. They have a strong sense of entitlement. And they're going to use whatever leverage they can to get the most they can get from the taxpayers. And if that means leaving Chicago, as the Bears are talking about, to go to Arlington Heights, they will do that. If that means ditching Arlington Heights because Arlington Heights is demanding a better deal for its schools and going to, let's say, the south side of Chicago, they will do that. They're looking out for themselves. And that when when Mark Sims and uh, Benny Jarofsky are 10 year old kids, well, I would have been 10. He'd have been whatever, three or he's so much uh, younger uh, than me. Yeah, just, uh, you know, <laughs> when we were little kids growing up in Evanston or in Roseland, like we don't think about it that way. We think about our love, our, our like our, our really sincere, naive love for city and team. And then the reality is, no, it's a cold hearted, capitalistic world. They don't care about whether your love for the team. They don't care about your your ideals and your connection. They care about making as much money as they can because that's capitalism, Mark. That's capitalism. And so capitalism has no morality. No, no, it's cold hearted. It's cruel. And that's like the AI stuff. And Hollywood is coming face to face with that right now. Uh, The reality is they don't care about you screenwriters. They don't care about you movie stars. They're thinking about themselves. All right. Uh, uh, Let's move away from that dire uh, worldview and close with a recommendation from you. Uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson has promised uh, Maya and myself that it will be at the Promontory Nightclub in Hyde Park on Tuesday, September 5th uh, at 7 uh, o'clock for first Tuesday. And uh, so, Mark Sims, what question would you like to hear Brandon Johnson answer? At the Promontory, right? Yes, sir. Promontory nightclub. Don't go to yeah. the Promontory. Some of oh, you oh. the north side get all confused. <laughs> oh, they, go to, they go to the, lake, to the lakefront, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, where, where the field house at the, the field house at the lakefront. I got it. Yeah. Poor like, north, north side people. It's, where, it's, where, it's, where, it's, where, it's, where is it? 53rd Lake Park, right? 53rd Lake Park? Something yes. Like that. Very good okay. for knowing that. Something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah, but the point well, is that Brandon, Brandon's 51st, a great, 51st. 51st. Okay, it's yes. right by the Hyde Park Bank building or something. Yes, yes, sir. It and, is. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny place. You, before you get to Lake Park, you got to make that right-hand turn if you're going east. Right. Uh, exactly. uh, the, the thing about it is that Brandon's a politician. He's a great talker. God, he's a great talker. But if he keeps talking like this, I'm going to get tired of it. Because uh, people want to see some results soon enough, okay? And I think we will. I think he has a potential to be a good mayor, maybe a great mayor. If we have a real crisis and he steps up to the crisis, you know, he'll be a great mayor. Uh, but I don't, I'm tired of the talk. I want to see something different. I think mean, I remember Mayor Daly. I remember Harold Washington. Now he had lived, we would have saw some great change. I mean, great change in this town. There's another potential with, uh, was, uh, you know, history rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself. So they say, so, but I want to see something different. I want to see like, yes, forget this going to take 20 years to stop the crime. I want to see drastic, drastic change in four years. It can be done. I want to see like a, diff- a different type of public education system where people like maybe some people like I don't want to live in the south suburbs or someplace else. I really want to move to Chicago. I want Chicago to be like I want to raise my children in the city of Chicago. If that's not the goal, I don't want to hear it. What question would you like to hear him answer? Listen, oh, I say like this. 
okay, you raise your children here, you send your children to public schools. Why should a family raise their children in the city of Chicago? And send their children to the Chicago public schools. Why? Don't give me no BS. Give me the why. And the, and if he and the, and, and, you, and he says, listen here. No matter where he'll have to say something like, no matter where you send your child here in the public schools in Chicago, what neighborhood you live in, we're gonna have uh, clean neighborhoods, safe neighborhoods, and a quality education. No matter where you send your children to. Yeah. If he doesn't start talking that soundbite or something like it, I don't want to hear it. Cl clean neighborhoods, safe neighborhoods and a high quality education, no matter where you send your children, no matter, no matter what public school you send your child to, they're gonna get a quality education. If he ain't saying that, I don't wanna hear it. And I hope you're there on September 5th to either ask that question or listen to them answer it. Now, before I go, I gotta tell you this, something else that happened when I was out of town, I'm looking for it right now. Uh, the Chicago Sun-Times finally got around to covering what's been going on at the lakefront uh, every Friday for all summer. And that is the Friday, I think, I can't remember all what they call it, Jump in the Lake, or they have some name for it where uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of people converge at, uh, at the lakefront at Montrose on the north side, and then they jump in the lake. And uh, I've been watching it develop for a while. Uh, I talked about it on the mic with Ramana Hussein. She made fun of them. She said it was a white people thing. It was a pretty funny riff from Ramana. Uh, and then the Sun-Times had a story about it that there's so many people there uh, that it is a concern because there's not enough ladders for people to get out of. So you're jumping in the lake off the, uh, uh, the, the little well, Montrose, Montrose Beach, right? Montrose Beach? Beach? It's not at the beach. It's oh. on the concrete walkway oh, yeah, that's, that's just south that's of the beach. That's dangerous, Jeez. Yeah, so there's no lifeguards. You're literally jumping into the lake. I don't know how deep it is there. And there's a limited number of ladders. So you got hundreds and hundreds of people oh, yeah, in you, the lake. You want to meet me there? You want to meet me? You want to meet me out of this, this Friday? You want to meet me there? No. <laughs> Let's go, Ben. Me and you. We hold, hands. we hold hands as we jump into the lake together. So I actually, I'll, I'm going to throw this at you. I read the article in the bright one. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was written up. This is a very concerning uh matter i took it as a positive thing uh that chicagoans are flocking to the lake it shows sort of like a love for something chicago a love for the lake a love for our um our most valuable asset and i also think it's a sign that the pandemic obviously has ended uh and people are like picking up in so many ways uh with the life they had before so I took it as a positive thing, even though it's kind of scary and the city's got to figure out what to do about all these hundreds of people. Do you share my optimism about this uh, or do you think it's a bunch of fools doing something dumb? No, I think it's great. It's great for the city. Hopefully people see that uh, all around uh, the world and, and all around the country. They say, man, I need to visit Chicago. All I care about is tourism, 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 tourism. Come here, live here, spend money and to keep my taxes. You know, like I said, I'm on the south side. So my taxes ain't two grand a year because I live in the hood. That's why I live in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So keep my taxes low. That's all I care about. Come here. Now, remember, this is not a bunch of scary black youths. Use 
scary black teens and 20 year old youth because there was 20 young kids out black kids are diving into be oh, oh where's the city the city's gone to hell oh. there's 20 black kids jumping into the lake look at them they're rampaging along montrose beach we got us out there oh my god you're so true the black kids they scare me oh these black kids out the lake oh they scaring the hell out of me oh Close the beach down. Shut the city down. We, we're scared. Can you imagine if it was 2,000 black people jumping If it was the 20, they would be upset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that, I mean, so, and guess what? Um, when I was a limo driver, Uber driver, I was tell people, people die in that lake every year. Because people come to Chicago for the first time. I used to see them all the time. They say, wow, it looks like an ocean. Yeah. <laughs> but we live here, so we just say it's a lake to us, yeah. right? But compared to, it's a great lake, so it does look like an ocean. They just shocked how big it is. And it is dangerous, and people do die in the damn lake every year, especially when they have a little alcohol, and that's not good. Alcohol yeah. in the lake doesn't mix well. Uh, they're gonna have to do something. They got to shut off. We, but we only got what two more weeks? Few more weeks of this because of mid September. You ain't diving in that damn lake. Oh, I actually, I ain't... disagree. It's the water is nice in this in September. The, okay, the I mean mid September. Mid September. You think you think I this is gonna go in October? Come on. Uh, you know what? We have, we should bring on the great Mick Dumkey because he's a a big lake swimmer, oh, wow. and uh, I think Mick swims. I think he swims like in October. That's why he's so yeah. thin and so healthy. Yeah. So healthy. Damn. Yeah, he's he looks grateful. I know how old he is. He looks great. I see why right. now. He swim. Yeah. No, it's the, the city's gonna have to do something at some point. They're gonna have to rope it off, cut it off, shut it off. I don't know how they're gonna do it because I never I live here all my life. I never seen anything like it. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. So on one level, one, I think it's great on one level. I really do. I, I'm with you. I'm with I you. Think it's great. Uh, sorry, Romana. I think it's great. Although she had so much fun making fun of him. All right, Mark Sims, tell folks about your podcast one more time. Go. Just a few questions. Just a few questions. Or just type in Mark Sims, what they see. Mark, M-A-R-C, Sims, S-I-M-S, Chicago. I'm at your service. Yes, you're the man, man. Great Mark Sims, a dear friend of mine and the shows. Thank you very much. I also want to thank producer Chris for doing an outstanding job. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Take care, everybody. And if you want to hear more from Mark Sims, just search Just a Few Questions with Mark Sims on Apple Podcasts. More from Ben Jarofsky and the Chicago Reader, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben Jarofsky on Instagram at Benny J Show and like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on all your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts 
to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.